Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, which is now part of the High Productions family. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. And this week I am joined by one of the most talented people that I have ever met. Please welcome to the podcast, Sabrina Mandalu. Drama School Dropout, no graduation day for you. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How's life? Even though we've got really shit weather. Oh, Lord. Lord have mercy. Life is um, one day at a time. So we just take it as it comes. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good, but we move. Very much so. Also, for everybody that's sort of listening, we are recording this episode in April, but this is going to be the first episode in June. So technically, happy summer. Hope we're all sort of out of lockdown. This is me (laughs) manifesting. We've got a whole month and a bit, right? Literally. Literally. We pray for sun. Sunshine, please. Thank you. Let's do it. Let's come up with three things that we want to have happened by the time this episode comes out. And then we can be fun to look back on it and see if we were right or see if we massively got it wrong. (laughs) Okay, okay, cool. So I hope it's sunny. I second that. That's always good. I hope we're allowed, like, to see people again. Like, I know Mm -hmm. we sort of are just now, but, like, Mm -hmm. I want to be in a massive group of people. I want to hug people. I know. I miss hugs. So that's that's my second thing. The third thing, I hope that this podcast continues to be a global phenomenon. Excellent. We like and we appreciate That's what I'm going for. Yeah, thank you to everybody <laughs> that continues to listen to this, because this started off as a stupid little idea. And now we're charting in New Zealand, Britain, France, all I over know. the world. It's Look kind at of you. mental. You're so, doing right. amazing. So you're going for It's Sunny. What are your other two things? Okay. Um, I hope that all of the peoples in the worlds are healthy as they can be because you know we're in a pandemic so um and I hope I'm happy I think that's a good one I just I hope I'm happy in whatever situation moment season I'm in you know I just embrace it and take it as it is there's the difference between me and you because I'm like I want my podcast to be massively successful I want to hug people (laughs) and you're like I want the world to be healthy and I just want to be happy (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just showing me off as massively self-centered oh never never <laughs> exposed um so yeah um how how have you been coping like especially like I know we've sort of kept in touch with each other over the past sort of year but how have you been feeling during 2021 where sort of we've hit the year mark of not being allowed out and yeah oh, oh that's a big question and it's like one that I'm asked often and my answer always changes yeah it's just um I am completely different to how I was pre-pandemic pre-lockdown um I think being in like lockdown has forced me to kind of learn to know me better learn to know what I like what I don't like what I want to do how I want to move in the future and all of that has kind of like let this fire in me that's made me a lot more like go get her you know like nothing's in my way like why not kind of attitude yeah. so um I really I really appreciate that change in myself um it's been difficult 
<laughs> as oh, I assume it has been for everyone. It's been so difficult um, adjusting to different social like and lifestyle um, norms. And it's like, what is normal now? You ask yourself that, but you, you have to like adjust because that's the only way we can keep on going on. Um, it has been difficult, like mental health wise, I assume not just for me, but for like other people, it's been financially difficult, especially as a performer. And you've, uh, you've, I'm going to say it for the first time this episode, fuck the Tories. Oh, I second that, but you know, using (laughs) using the good words. I'll, I'll be the one, you don't have to put yourself in that bad position. (laughs) So what I always like to ask everyone is, how did you get into acting and what was your first role? <laughs> okay. Oh, I can um, tell this is going to be good. Okay. Um, how did I get into acting? Uh, so I think it started with um, my love for Sister Act. Yes. I, right? <laughs> Whoopi, yes. I'm I here. I'm so oh. here for that. Whoopi Goldberg yeah. is one of like my favorite people in the world. Same. Oh, I love her so much. I'm um, so gutted that she's not doing Sister Act in the West End now. Uh, dude, she's she's done her time. Okay, she but gets no, she, she was coming back to do it, and then because of COVID, it's like just oh. she was like all announced that she was coming back to do um, Dolores in the West End oh for God. I think eight weeks, and then because of COVID the schedules have massively like changed obviously and she's not available anymore great another thing that anti korokoro has taken away from us yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. oh i mean we still got Whoopi Goldberg. she didn't die I mean- <laughs> <laughs> yes 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 taking away her from the stage you know, not <laughs> just to, just to say that yeah disclaimer um, Whoopi Goldberg is not dead <laughs> um but yeah um my mom used to go to work and would leave me to like take care of my little brothers and there wasn't that much to do because like I had to take care of this little guy make sure that he doesn't die so like I usually just watch tv and we used to like rent out cassettes from the library and I would always rent out the um, sister act one and put it on and I'd like sing along to all the songs and I just I just felt my element and I felt like in this in this moment in this time nothing can come in and nothing can go out you know this is just me and I loved that and I think I, I caught the bug through that and I've always been trying to chase that feeling um the first role that I had was I think it was like village boy number three <laughs> in, in um uh what's the, the Pied Piper village boy number three the Pied Piper but you know I killed that I went all ham you want to see a limp I'll give you a limp you were basically village boy number one yeah, basically, basically, I show I showed up all of them, and it's fine. That's what I do. But controversial question: Which one's your favorite, Sister Act One or Sister Act Two? Oh, Chow, why why would you put me in this position? Oh, okay. I love them for different reasons. Okay, so like okay. Sister Act One is just god tier, that sort of thing. And then oh. I have this like really weird obsession with eighties fashion. Mm-hmm. That I know I will never be able to pull off like mm-hmm. like dungarees Timberlands white t-shirt cap and that <laughs> is just like represented in Sister Act 2 and I, I love it like no I get it I kind of want to see you in that fit I kind of want to see you in that fit well if this podcast episode gets a thousand listens we'll do it you heard it here guys let's get liking <laughs> 
Okay, um, between one or two. Um, I would say two. First of all, Lauren Hill. Yes. Like, of course, of course. Um, but I also loved how they, how they took um, gospel music and switched it up and made it so like um, cool. Yeah, you relatable. Yeah, relatable. And like, <laughs> I bet everyone when that movie came out was singing like, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Go off. Oh, sorry, sorry. Just a <laughs> um, little bit. I'm drinking like, my tea. I'm not religious at all. Like, mm-hmm. just, it's, it's just something that I've struggled with my whole life. And I've just come to the conclusion that it doesn't affect me. I don't need to do that stuff. But no, no, like, ill will to anybody who does it. I just, it's not for me. And, but mm-hmm. like, I'll, I'll find myself in the shower being like, joyful, joyful, no. Exactly. I'm also like, for context, because people can't see me, I'm dancing manically yeah. at the moment you shake um, those arms <laughs> gotta get rid of the bingo wings somehow <laughs> i'm slow like i said this on a few podcasts and i have no excuse now because the shops are open but i'm slowly mm. running out of clothes that fit oh child listen don't worry we'll go for a long walk and we'll we'll do like a no i'm not i'll buy bigger clothes oh okay cool. <laughs> um so then w- let's talk about how we met you were in the year above me at college I was. And you were, like, I remember I, I said the same thing to Ben, who was on the podcast, episode number five, if anybody wants to go back and listen, with Ben Waddle, who was in Sabrina's class. I remember <laughs> there were there were certain moments of going through, like, that first year of college, because I thought I was the shit. I thought I was the shit, baby. I was like, mm-hmm. no one will compare to me. Like, they're going to, I'm going to walk in, they're just going to say, okay, you've graduated. Like... <laughs> But that sort of soon fucking slaps you in the face. Yeah. You're like, no, no, I, I can't act. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> um, yes. And I remember like going through certain points of the year, one of the big ones being your device. And mm-hmm. I like being cocky, I, I walked out and everyone sort of was like looking at me because I always had an opinion on everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I think I was stood with Megan actually, who was on episode six of the podcast. And I just <laughs> looked at her really bewildered and went, We've got to do that next year. How are we going to do that? We can't do that. <laughs> yeah, devised is a is a shock. Um, it's that time that you have to actually like show a bit of yourself, show a bit of your heart because it's oh, it's your work, it's your baby. So yeah, it's a it bit was more the like the level of talent. Oh oh oh. Yeah, I was like, we we can't compare to that. Like, what what the fuck? We can't no. even be bothered to learn monologues. No no. Oh. Oh, there were there was loads of times that I'd like see you guys perform, and I'd be like, "Why? Why am I even bothering?" Child, no, Ingram. But then, like, I slowly realised that it was to do with the levels of teaching. Yeah. Because you, when you learnt something, you were like, "Oh, that's for device." Like you just taught mm-hmm. us that, so we know how to do that next year. So it was just sort of like a bit of a what am I going to say? Shock to the system yeah <laughs> and it was no. it was more along the lines of we're expected to do that next year we're not going to be able to do that like I, I can barely be asked to learn a monologue for the play that I'm in <laughs> next week <laughs> but oh, did gosh, you have then, moments like that um oh absolutely absolutely and I still do still. um <laughs> the thing about me in especially in college was that I underestimated myself so much and I don't I don't mean to say this with like a big ego or a big head or anything even though I have a big head because I got a lot of hair um <laughs> like I would always belittle my talent 
and that was my downfall because even though I had like my lecturers telling me you should go for this part you can do any of these parts and you would kill it I would be like mm, maybe that's better suited to someone else you know they should have that opportunity because of this 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 and this but then when it comes to me I'm just like yeah you know so whereas uh, in the acting world you've got it's dog eat dog yeah and I would absolutely. say I was probably the opposite and that was my downfall I was like I can do this I can do that yeah. Whereas really I needed to sort of, and I did, I took, I took a step back, mm-hmm. reevaluated what I wanted to do. And that was what I like involved myself in. And yeah, that was a massive lesson that I had to learn. Yeah. You refined your craft. a cocky cunt anymore. <laughs> I mean, well, I still so. am in some ways, but like, I'm, I was, yeah, I, I, was I know, say. I know what I'm good at. I'm cocky about mm-hmm. what I'm good at. Not just everything now. No, but see, that's the thing. There's a difference between being cocky and being confident. Like, oh, I get. Oh, I'm I, I cocky. Think this is, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, your words, not mine. Okay, I love you. I'll be the first person to call myself out. No, but that's the thing, though. Like, um, I think that was what was kind of scary for me to to accept that I'm good at what I do and like people see that I'm good at what I do because I didn't want to come off (laughs) because I didn't want to come off as cocky I was so um interested in what other people had to say and their perspective their perception of me that I completely lost the perception of myself you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I 110% agree because when I dropped out of uni I Mm. had not a fun time at uni um but we won't get into that but I had sort of reverted into a place where I never wanted to act again I didn't ever want mm-hmm. to do that and just from certain things that had happened I just didn't believe in myself anymore yeah and I realized that there was there was they were the exact same places to be if you didn't believe in yourself you were going to get nowhere but if you mm-hmm. were too overly confident you were getting nowhere so I, I've had to find that sort of sweet spot in the middle yes Yes. And that, oh, and ever since I've sort of found that, and it's really weird, it's like a massive jigsaw and the pieces just fall from the ceiling and they mm-hmm. all fall into place. Mm-hmm. And I still I still say to this day, dropping out of uni was the best thing I ever done. Mm-hmm. And that's you. like the message I always spread. Like I genuinely, and I'm just going to say it again, there were points while I was at uni that I couldn't see another way out and genuinely considered ending my own life. Mm-hmm. That was the stupidest thing I could have ever thought. In hindsight, because it's mm-hmm. uni, it was so easy to remove myself from that process and yeah. things got better immediately. And now I host a globally phenomenon podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I want to say to everyone. Like if anybody takes anything away from any of my podcast episodes is that mm-hmm. you're in charge of how you feel. And I know sometimes it can be really shit and you can feel like a certain pressure to do something. But see, once you make that jump and you're literally like, I remember I literally went into uni one day and said, I joke a lot about having a breakdown, but I think I'm actually having one. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And from the moment that I said I'm out, it was just like, I'm free. I don't have oh. to constantly focus on impressing all of these people all at once. Yeah. Because yeah. that's how I felt. And then I was like, but it's my acting. If I enjoy mm-hmm. it, somebody else will. And it just doesn't matter that you don't. Yeah, you just got to find the right place for you. That was one of the most things that I struggled with with uni was that like my art had to fit within mm-hmm. a certain box to be mm-hmm. good, to create a grade. So I was just like, like literally it took me 10 minutes to drop out. And ever since, no look back, no looking back other than like I would have missed, I would have could have done with the SAS while we were in a global pandemic. <laughs> um, but yeah, like literally 
no regrets. I'm glad to hear that. English. You got any regrets about actually graduating? Because you, you're not a drama school dropout. You're a drama school graduate. Child, no. Listen, I will. Don't even, don't even start. Okay, I wear that first class honors degree with my chest. I, I will, I will try to insert it into any conversation. Okay. Oh well, like, feel free to talk about it now. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I can't even talk about it because I'm on the spot. <laughs> So how was uni for you? Did you did you find it like because everybody sort of goes through the stages because we went to college together and we have the same lecturers. You have mm. those sort of moments where it's really difficult and tough. And mm. then we went to the same uni and we had yeah. different experiences, mm. obviously. Um, yeah. and I found the step up massively challenging and mm -hmm. but it was good. Like, but you didn't expect that step. Did you expect that step up? Because it it wasn't just a step, it was like a flight of stairs that you had to jump. It was up. yeah, it was a big jump. Um I actually when it came to um the closing chapter of my time at college, I was considering of just, you know, going out into the professional world and doing my own thing. But then I was talked in to go in like not talked into it but like I was considering going to uni and I talked to my lecturers and I'm like yeah I think that'd be a good idea and so like I was like before this I kind of was in that mentality of like yeah I know what I'm doing now I have my HND I can do this and then you go into uni you're like I, I know nothing I am stupid I need to write this I need to write that I need to learn this oh my gosh how what, like what is even is a stimulus you know we do like, the same thing over and over again though because I don't know about you it was when did when you left secondary school did you audition for the lcs no see i know loads of people that did and you sort of like i've done this same sort of step over and over again you think you're really great mm -hmm. and then you mm -hmm. get brought back down and then you yeah. do a load more work and you think you're really great and you get brought right yeah. back down yeah but that's where um cockiness overshadows confidence you know you gotta have if you don't have confidence that's you know um comes from like a very genuine place of like i'm i'm actually good at this and i'm strong in this yeah then everything else is just going to crumble the the two main things that i've sort of been told over the years that have worked for me and have proven true mm. number one shy kids get nothing always ask <laughs> the worst yeah. thing somebody can say to you is no like yes. it's no secret that leonardo dicaprio declined to be on this podcast Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but he declined he didn't ignore me you better put that on a t-shirt or something <laughs> jk rowling i know we're not really allowed to like her anymore still <laughs> one of like my personal heroes didn't ignore mm -hmm. me she said no like so. shy kids get nothing and the second piece is if you're at rock bottom there's nowhere lower to go exactly the only way is up um yeah but again, let's move on to something happier. Let's not talk about <laughs> my <laughs> mental health issues. That's another episode. Um, so I, I got to see you perform a few times while we were at college. And um, genuinely, one of I wasn't lying in the introduction when I said that you're one of the most talented people that I've ever met. And it, it, it's not so much that you can do one thing it's that you can sort of do all of the things, which I'm extremely <laughs> jealous of. Um, but I want to talk about the first time that I ever saw you perform, I think, properly, not devised, and it was okay. in Female Transport. Um, yes. I can't remember the playwright's name. I should have wrote that down. Um, I should have written that down as well, damn it. <laughs> um, but you, I, I know who you were playing. You were playing Winnie, and I remember that play was the first sort of play that I was exposed to that was like a straight play, as in just text and no musicals but there was music within that and 
it was like sea shanty sort of stuff. Yeah. And yeah. just so talented, so incredible. I think I had seen it twice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so how was that experience for you? Because I know, especially when in my first year of college, the production mm. level isn't always the best and your sort of your production is literally my first production was most helpful in getting me used to the space uh, yeah. knowing what's expected of me while I'm working in the theatre knowing mm. how to navigate that space but mm. then going into second year I felt more like oh yeah this is a bit of a professional sort of gig and then I smashed yeah. a decanter on stage on my first night oh. um, so <laughs> <laughs> how was that for you yeah oh um also, I'm really aware that all of my questions are like, how do you feel about this? And then I just give like six paragraphs of explaining no, like no, how no. to answer the question. No, that's just how conversations go. You know, you give some, I give some. Um, female transport. Okay. Uh, oh, I love that production. I absolutely loved it because this was the first time that I got a very um, kind of like a blank canvas and I was able to paint Winnie as how I saw her you know still like keeping to what it says about her in the play and in the text but like putting my own spin on it and adding my little quirks and my little things and that was so much fun I, I loved like exploring and playing around and doing like the different gestures to using this kind of tool using this kind of pitch and like interacting with others and it was um it was so liberating and I think that was just the the moment that I was kind of like okay, Sabrina, this is definitely what you want to do. This is definitely the right place for you. You know, you're doing, you're doing what you're meant to do. Yeah. I feel like you may do the same sort of thing that I do is if, so over my time at college, I played some quite famous roles. So mm. I don't, I'm not famous yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I, to mention it for the 50 millionth time on the podcast, I played Macbeth. <laughs> I done De DNA by Dennis Kelly. And these are all pretty well-known plays. Do you mm. ever, like, if you know you're playing a well-known part, do you ever go and look at other people's performances? No. Same. I don't. I don't want to know. No. I, I watch them after. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember after Macbeth, I sat and watched maybe four or five renditions of Macbeth, and I, I was like, oh, I thought I'd done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I No, I, I, I don't like to do it because I feel like I'll automatically copycat it you know, and that that's their interpretation. That's not mine. And I want to, uh, and that's not going to feel real for me, you know? So I just want to come up with my own thing. My You're own building thing. from the ground up. Yeah, absolutely. So then to quickly talk about them, because I'm very aware that this is probably going to be a long podcast episode. Um, <laughs> so then in your final year at college, you were doing King Lear and you played Edmund. Uh, yes. How was that? Because was that your sort of first exposure to massively because I believe that you performed yours traditionally Shakespearean. Mm -hmm. So was that um, sort of your first exposure to that? Yeah, yeah. And not going to lie, I love Shakespeare now, but I struggled with it so much. And again, it was just about um, trying to find a way of how you understand it, you know? And um, Shakespeare is so, like, is so intricate and you have to be so Sorry, precise. I was just choking. Oh, sorry. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm like, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like trying not to die. Don't worry. It was me or Edmund, if I would like to say. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, it was my first like shot at Shakespeare, and I absolutely loved it. I loved Edmund. I thought he was so sexy. He was so despicable, and oh, you were so good in it as well. 
Shakespeare is a hard thing to grasp, not just as an actor, but as an audience member. As oh, you 100%. Said. Everyone like picks up little things and sometimes there's a delay. Like sometimes there's a, there's a delay. I remember there was a joke in... Um, oh, you sort of got to translate it in your head in real yeah. time. Yeah, and like I don't like me, I'm gullible and slow minded anyway, so it takes me a while to get Shakespeare already. So it does like you just have to take your time with it and it will come to you, you know. So then to talk about seeing your shows multiple times, and um, <laughs> your final show at college was Shakers by John Godbert, and I, I think somebody else wrote it as well, but I can't remember. Um, mm. And I saw that four times. What? <laughs> <laughs> I came to you every single show. Oh, you're terrible, but I love you for it. <laughs> I just wanted to support because I knew that it would it had sort of been moved and a lot of people couldn't make it for certain reasons. Yeah. I think it was in our summer holidays and people were at work uh, mm. away on holiday. So I was like, you know what? Like, I think it was like a five quarter ticket. I bought four tickets. I came to see every single show and I loved oh, it. I love you. And Absolutely. it was so good. And like, because no disrespect to John Godber, some of his plays aren't good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> muddy cows. Um <laughs> The, the actors in that play were good, but the text is shit. Um, oh, but yeah, that was... I'm going to have to edit so much of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We, we know just, just calling people out. But yeah, you were so... you were Because so, you were the only person in that cast, I believe, that wasn't double cast. Um, nope. And yeah. it, it was so good. I, I, Thank you. This was the point where you sort of... You get into this point of college and you, you start to understand acting a little bit more. My mm. sort of foundations of understanding acting before this were like Little Britain sketches, very caricatures of people. And yeah. at this point now you're starting to understand that there's depth to it and there's layers that you rip away. And mm. that then becomes sort of like now I watch a piece of acting and I, I sort of self-analyse the layers that mm. the actors portraying. And that was one of the first times that I can actually say I understood that a character was more than two-dimensional. I love that. Thank you so much for saying that. I, I was really proud of that performance because, like, I, was, I wasn't double cast, so I had to... Work. <laughs> literally. Um, so I had to have the same character but different translations to one cast than the other you know like some people might be a little bit more timid in their choices in one cast and then some people might be a lot more boisterous and you know big in their um in the other cast and um and you just got to take it with the punch like you got to roll with the punches um and I remember I think I think it was Leah hi Leah shout out to Leah um who is like episode you... two of the podcast go back and listen <laughs> everyone um, that we've mentioned from college so far I was just like they've already been on the podcast go and listen to the episode please go back listen just recruiting listen, everyone listen. um I remember her saying that um you do such a good job of you know bringing the same energy even though it's two different casts you know and it's just kind of like yeah you got to bring the same energy no matter yeah who it is you're working with I believed it I think that was the main thing yeah and like, because yeah. sometimes you look at somebody and I, there was somebody in that cast, I remember she forgot her line and I felt so terrible for her. Um, mm. But the whole time after that, it sort of just broke me. And I was just sort of like, I don't believe what you're saying. I don't believe mm. that you're this person. Yeah. But then let's talk about another really cool thing that happened very coincidentally. Ooh, what happened? So the month is January, I want to say, was it 18 or 19? 
well, I left college in 19, it was 2019. Oh, yes, 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 January yes. January 2019. And I'm scrolling through Facebook and mm-hmm. I see an advert for a show for auditions. And I was sort of like, I knew that I didn't like the play that we were doing for the final <laughs> performance in college. But I went and auditioned for this play. I ended up booking the lead role. Um, yes, you did. Shout out to Michelle Devlin, who mm-hmm. directed us. We were in a play together. And I know. Oh. I didn't know you were in it until you turned up to the rehearsal. Did you not? No. No, I knew it. I knew instantly. Like, as soon as I went into the audition, they were like, you know Ingram? Like, Michelle was like, you know Ingram? I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Is Ingram going to be a play? He's the lead. And I was like, this is going to be a good play. That was such a fun show to do. I remember, like, I just sort of, I, I had a really weird character. And I remember <laughs> my, um, not a character, sorry. I had, um, when we were speaking about the character, I came up with this sort of really weird amalgamation of how I wanted mm-hmm. to play the character. And I remember mm-hmm. saying to Michelle, I sort of see him as like a cross between RuPaul and Voldemort. No. <laughs> oh my gosh, I see it now. And like, that's how I sort of chose to take it because I always thought he was gay. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it revealed that you were my girlfriend. I know, ex-girlfriend, you're trying to win oh, yeah, me back. Ex-girlfriend. Yeah. ex-girlfriend, I got to do the work. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a really fun play because I remember, especially because I would think I may have been the first cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember that I had to perform with a couple of people. Yeah, and I sort of had yeah. to be like Michelle, she's there. Oh, really? I, I can't remember if it was for your part. I definitely know that because no, it wasn't for your part. It was for the other part, um, the part that Megan Stora played. Yeah. I remember the first rehearsal; that part still hadn't been cast. Mm-hmm. And I was there and Michelle asked me to get up and do the like the opening number, yeah. not number, the opening scene a few times. And then me mm-hmm. and Michelle sort of spoke about it. And I was like, Megan, Megan. Meg- oh, the funny thing was, I was meant to be that part. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, I remember uh, that. It changed. Yeah. What happened I, with that again? I had to, um, just because of uni scheduling, uh, scheduling, I couldn't make um, a lot of the rehearsals and I couldn't commit as much of my time in terms of like learning lines and stuff. So I was just like, um, sorry, It was Michelle, a big commitment. It was, it was. And I... I think I spent 300 quid on travel to do that. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. a train and then a subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I spent quite a lot of money on that play. But that's the thing about us, though. Um, I didn't mind. Yeah, like we're very much like zero to a hundred. Like you, you're either going to get nothing or you're going to get everything. And yeah, if is, I wouldn't yeah. have liked the play, <laughs> no, I'm not paying all of that money. But I'm like Megan, who was in it, and Aiden, I still speak mm-hmm. to you to this day. Mm-hmm. I bumped into Aiden not long ago, actually, just on a train. Of course you did. You, you meet everyone and anyone. But it was like, <gasps> it was so random. I had just, it was before the pandemic and I had come from London into Glasgow and then I couldn't mm-hmm. be asked to get the bus. So I walked from Central to Queen Street and jumped on a train. And then mm-hmm. as we were like, I was halfway to like my station and I like literally Aiden walked on and walked right into me. <laughs> I was like hi I still love you oh my gosh oh my gosh that's a meet cute that's a meet cute Ingram you're missing it it's a meet cute I got it I, I got it okay, I'm, still just thinking about, I'm just thinking about how much I'm in love with him still <laughs> it's like you, you one day. Um, okay so got um, some fun questions now um Ooh. If we were taking the government's advice, which we're not going to, fuck the Tories, 
and you had to retrain as one job and you could pick mm. whatever you wanted to do what would you want to retrain as and you can't pick something in the entertainment industry okay masseuse a masseuse i could see you doing that yeah yeah You've got that kind I've of always, vibe literally like i've always been told that i've got a very calming voice yeah. so i'm like why not add some like a, a nice little rub and get a whole you'd be good at you know like those um sleep stories yeah oh i'd love Not that your voice puts to people them. to sleep i listen to them so my, i've got the experience okay um i i always said library librarian sort of thing i love books edit editing Ooh. novels like yes i I'd see that to do that sort of thing um so you went to college and you need to study acting like we spoke about what would you say has been the most important thing that you've learned it's not about you you or think it is about me but okay <laughs> <laughs> no it, it's it's not about you um the first thing that well the first mistake that most people make is like okay i gotta i gotta like think about what my character is how my character is going to react and it's got to be exactly this way and the person who who um is going to like you know give me the information for me to react to is going to do it exactly this way and that's where you're going to kill Teamwork yourself. makes the dream work yeah yeah it's not about you you've got to be as generous as possible with not only just your actors but with director with um the lighting guy the sound guy just know that it takes a team to make a performance, you know? Yeah, and I agree. Everyone matters. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. That was something that I also learned, that you you may be the star of the show, but the, the stars can't be seen unless there's light reflecting mm. on them. Absolutely. <laughs> Again, sounding really self-centred. <laughs> I think any way you try to, you're just going to get the same vibe. It's you know? a, you've, got to do, you've got to work as a team. Nobody yes. is more important than the other person. That's what I'm trying to go. say. And <laughs> um, so then moving on, um, like I said, mm -hmm. you can do it all. And you're not just an actress, you're a singer, you're a songwriter, um, all that jazz. Mm -hmm. And you're part of a musical duo called Kodak Ghosts. Yes. So I believe that your partner in that sort of musical duo um, is Erin Hepzibah. I believe I that you start, you met at school. Yes, we did. Oh, me and Erin met in first year. And um, we kind of like bonded over being in the arts department. So she she did um, art, I did drama and music, and well, she did music as well. And we were in the choir and we found out that we harmonized really well and we performed well together and we had good chemistry and a good friendship. And we were just kind of like meld, you know? And we just kept on working together outside of like education and gigging together. And one day she was like, do you want to do this thing? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she was like, do you want to do this thing? I was like, no. She's like, do you want to do this thing? I was like, Ugh, okay, let's go do this. Playing thing. hard to and get. This thing is a whole thing. Where did the name Kodak Ghosts come from? So we work with a songwriter, Dennis Draven, and um, he was trying to like find names, and he was listening to this Michael Chapman song called Kodak Ghosts, and that's where he got it from. Um, and we kind of like it because it's kind of old school but still quite cool. And yeah. um, Kodak ghosts are actually like these little imprints that you get in Kodak cameras that kind of look like ghosts. And we like that um, idea of like leaving a lasting impression. So that's where it came from. Oh, it runs deep. Yeah. Levels. <laughs> Depth. <laughs> so by the time that this is Ed, you, your new song will be out and it's called Fine to be Frightened. Uh, yes. Are you excited for it? So excited. Oh, this song has a special place in my heart. I get so emotional when performing it because even though the lyrics are so simple, um, 
I think they register with a lot of people in a lot of different situations and it's just uplifting knowing that you know it's okay not to be okay it's okay yeah. to have a cry so how's that ahead. process been as well throughout because obviously have you produced this track throughout the pandemic um I think this song has been in the works for quite a while um so okay, it's just been a case of <laughs> pardon never mind then <laughs> <laughs> sorry 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 um it's been in the works for quite a while um we have tried like doing some studio time but pandemic has not allowed it so um this we had this one luckily in the bank and we just had to do some mastering some editing and get ready to just sat you know. on it for a while yeah yeah so the song is being released um i believe in the month of may so it's already out yes. by the time that yes. everyone's listening to this and the new song is going to be part of a limited edition cassette and all of the proceeds are going to the scottish association of mental health so mm -hmm. i'm guessing that also by the time this goes out those cassettes will be gone probably so you better get pre-saving um, well but... we can't pre-save anymore sorry <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna hear this after it's come out but what I all implore you to go and do, and it's we're going to sneak peek it at the end of the episode, so stick around for that. Um, but if you can, especially over the past year, mental health has been such an important topic and we need a lot more support for it. And there needs to be shorter waiting time to see therapists, all that jazz. And we can only do that if we've got the money for it. So if you're feeling really fancy this podcast is free and will always be free but sometimes i may ask you to go and do something like if you've got a spare pound please go and all the links will be in the bio to the association let me get it right to the associate the scottish association of mental health and Definitely. if you can please go and just donate something because you never know that you might benefit from those hopefully you won't but hopefully you might one day need to benefit from those services and things like that so please go and listen to the song at the end of the episode don't skip it don't skip it don't you dare press that <laughs> button listen to the rest of it listen to it all the way through and then we will be sneak peeking the song at the end of the episode and then please 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 i will be making a donation this podcast will be free and always will be free and we've had some great guests and i've been keeping you all entertained throughout the uh, pandemic <laughs> look at me self-centered again <laughs> i've been doing all of this but please if you can please go and donate to the scottish association of mental health it would mean the absolute world and it's a good cause yeah absolutely oh, and then if you've got any that. spare money I'll, I'll i'll send you my bank details oh mine too please <laughs> yeah <laughs> split between children and need <laughs> Us too. Um, so then another another question that I always like to answer, and I, I feel like I may know the answer because we spoke okay. about her already in the podcast. Okay. If you were booked to do a one month show in the West End doing a two person show and you could pick anyone in the world to be your co-star with no financial restraints, but you can't oh. pick Erin, who would you pick? Ingram, this is an impossible question. Oh, my gosh. Oh. OK, OK, OK. I mine's Catherine Tate. Oh, what a show! Oh, 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 that doesn't help. That just puts more pressure. That's such a good choice. Um, I would say Michaela Cole. She's not. The, that's not the first time she's come up with this answer to this question. So Michaela's very like you're in demand. I thought you were going to say Whoopi. Oh gosh, I would, but I think I'd just be in awe. I would just literally like stare at her and everything that she does. I'm just like, yes, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, I just, I, I love what Michaela Cole is doing right now and how 
how raw and genuine she is being and how she's not letting any like no boundaries hold her back from expressing herself and just doing what she does so I would, I would love to perform with her I say Catherine Tate but I, then I think like I would just look like shit next to her <laughs> like I'd <laughs> I actually just look like, no but she's so talented and so like incredibly funny and she's one of my heroes I grew up with the Catherine mm. Tate show and things no way no way can I match that shit I, I'm, I'm still rooting for it so manifesting manifesting well, Catherine if you I don't can I call Catherine Tate Catherine can I call her just Catherine it's better than Kathy do I just I'm just gonna full name her the whole time Catherine Tate if you're listening and if you ever want to do something with me I don't know why you would <laughs> um but please hit me up you've already said no to this podcast but you have my details <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is just a list of people who have rejected me oh babes but we've got some good ones coming up oh well no they'll probably be out already regardless we've got some really good guests coming up and good. i'm excited really excited some people that i grew up admiring and idolizing mm-hmm. are coming on the podcast and it's mental um Great. but we're nearing the end of it now and um i'm gonna play a little game and it's called stage right or stage shite and it is the drama school dropout game and it's always okay. lots of fun and okay. I don't know the answer either, so we can play along together and it's all... Oh, okay, yay. So I'm going to tell you three theatre-related stories. Two of mm-hmm. them are the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And okay. one of them is complete and utter shite. And oh. we have to figure out which one is the lie. Okay, okay. So number one, I also love all of these stories. These are some of my <laughs> favourite ones that have ever come in when I was reading over them earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all submitted by listeners as well by the way and then the one is um made up by heather who is our producer excellent number one during my broadway debut i got so overwhelmed as i was about to do stage door for the first time that when the first person who handed me their program for me to sign i had realized that i had forgotten how to spell my own name and had to double check (laughs) the program to check the spelling (laughs) oh my gosh that's something i would do i hope that one's true (laughs) number two I went to drama school in London and one of our lessons was on situational improv and we were all split into pairs and given a different scenario to perform my scenario was that me and my partner had to have an argument on the underground the real underground we actually got on the underground and I had an argument which I've heard this about this before Um, not this story that doing that um, mm-hmm. We got so heated on the train that a woman started shouting at me and calling me a cunt and told me that I was being unnecessarily aggressive. I still wow. cringe about it every time I get on the Jubilee line. Uh, You're mad. I'm speechless. Then number three, I managed to get a small role on a soap right after I graduated. On my first day, I was talking to this man and I started talk- to ask about my scene partner. And I asked if he was an arsehole. And then in brackets, I don't know why I asked this. And he answered, I hope I'm not. As it turned out, I had been talking to my scene partner for five minutes about my scene partner. I was so embarrassed. Oh, my word. I want them all to be true. I, oh, oh some more than others. I, I want okay. them all to be true. Like, I, I really hope the one where I forgot how to spell, well, they forgot how to spell the name. I hope that one's true. I hope that one is true. Oh, I really, like, oh, when, when do we find out? Well, we're going to find out. We need to decide which one we think. Okay. 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 I'm going to say number two. Number because two, people the... on the London Underground 
tend yeah. to just head down. I've never seen anybody have a conversation on the underground. Mm-hmm. It's very much that you just sit there. So I don't know if anybody would get involved. Okay. Mm, I don't know. London could, could could shock you. I mean, it depends on, like, they don't say whether it was a man shouting at a woman, X, Y. There could be circumstantial things around that that could make that happen, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You don't mm-hmm. know if it's, like, what the dynamic is. Okay. Ooh, okay. So I'm going for number two. You're going for number two. Okay. I think I'm going to go, well, part of me hopes that the lie is number three, because could you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, it would be horrible. Right. I'm going to (laughs) check. I'm going to check. I'm opening the sealed envelope. Okay. Here we go. Nobody knows. (laughs) I'm right. (gasps) No way. I'm really really happy that that person... um, forgot how to spell the name oh my gosh oh wow (laughs) so we've come to the end of the podcast now thank you so much for coming on it's genuinely it's always such a pleasure to chat to you and I I could do it for hours if I'm being frank I think we 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 were trying to but (laughs) I mean how long have we been going we've gone 50 minutes Uh, we can go longer but we won't we won't I I just want to say thank you um thank you so much for inviting me on I had so much fun talking Oh, I, bitch, I've been trying to get you on the podcast since the beginning. I'm sorry. I've been busy. I've been doing stuff. So, and you've been busy too. But you're doing amazing. Please keep going. Thank you so much. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Um, I, I don't know how to take compliments without becoming really egotistical. <laughs> like, I wanted to say that. I know. You should. Say, say it with your chest. No, I know. No, I I'm, I'm going to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Genuinely. Like, it, it is just it's been the light in the dark during the pandemic it's allowed mm-hmm. me to have really good, cool conversations with really cool people that I admire and all that so yeah and thank you so much to everybody that listens in at home because at the end of the day I'm in the grand scale of things I'm a nobody <laughs> in the grand scale of things um, and I'm very aware of that and I'm very aware that I'm very lucky that people tune in to listen to me talk shit with my friends and people that I admire um, but where can everyone find you on social media? Oh, okay. Oh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, under at Kodak Ghosts. Um, I'm not quite sure about the underscores and all that. At Kodak Ghosts underscore. I've got it written there down. We go. See, you. this is why you're good at your job, because you do it better than I do. Somebody just didn't know one time, so now every time I do it. <laughs> yeah, um, so just at Kodak Ghosts underscore. Um, you can listen to our current single "Till the Morning Comes" on Spotify, Deezer. Not your current Apple single Music. anymore now. Well, oh my gosh, Lord! I keep forgetting we're in the future. Okay, well you can listen in, to our current single, June. our latest single, our latest single "Fine to Be Frightened" on all the so well the streaming platforms. Do that now, thank you. They're about to hear it in a second. <gasps> and go and listen to it on other platforms because they'll get like views and all that shite. But we're going to put it at the See, end. See, now I'm shy. <laughs> now I'm shy. <laughs> yeah, um, so then I'm going to say it because you didn't. You can also follow Sabrina on Instagram at S underscore Mandalu. And that's all in the description box below. And as Sabrina said, Find to be Frightened by Kodak Ghost is now available on every streaming platform that you can possibly find. And like I say on everything, go follow everyone on Instagram. Give them a like. Give them a follow on Spotify, wherever. Like the stuff. Share it. Because at the end of the day, it's free and it really, really helps.
us. Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been such a pleasure. And for everyone listening in at home, this is Fine to be Frightened by Kodak Ghosts.